This is a broad concept podcast by Ella. Welcome to episode 10. Let's be clear challenge. I'm here with Karine Buzma. Karine perceives our businesses as a force for good and circular economy as a key model for the new systems. She has literally dedicated her life to boosting startups and established businesses as well to rethink their DNA and redesign models into future-proof ones. With a background in social and cultural studies, her passion for diversity, behavioral change, and youth are quite, quite big. She is a visionary and a guru in building partnerships. Karine has lived and worked in Asia, Europe, and Africa, and it's an honor for me to have you on my podcast. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Fantastic. Now let's start with what is the Let's Be Clear Challenge? The Let's Be Clear Challenge. Um, I need to explain a little bit more about the background. Okay. Um, so if you follow the principles of circular economy, mm-hmm. um, according to, for instance, the Ella MacArthur Foundation, we really look at Uh, What can you eliminate in terms of plastic Mm -hmm. and reduce? Mm -hmm. And um, that will follow the principles of first seeing what you can eliminate. Then you look at what you can reuse and refill. And then you look at um, recycling. And that requires innovation. Uh, So that is how we look at it. And for the let's be clear, we're looking at, okay, if we choose to use plastics, um, then they should be recyclable. Okay. Let's not use problematic and unnecessary plastics that there's no market for. It's very hard to recycle. It's very hard to collect. Um, and it's filling up the landfill. Yes. Or and there's no value. Um, and secondly, you can replace it with something else. Um, and if it does enter the recycle system, it is actually disruptive. So we look at those kind of things. We want to avoid them. Let's be clear. Looks at if you use plastics. Which kind of plastics do you use Mm -hmm. that are going to be recyclable? Now, PET is a good example of a polymer that's very well, um, uh, like the features are great to recycle. You can recycle it well. Um, But it's much better if we have that in a clear, transparent, not a colored uh, product, plastics. Yeah. So because out of green plastic, you can only make green plastics. Mm-hmm. So um, it gives a lot more opportunity to bring it back into the loop yeah. if it's clear. So what we want to instill is actually uniformity uh, in quality and features of the plastics we keep in use. Um, and, and the let's be clear is also let's be clear on HDPE. which is a harder plastic, Mm -hmm. very good to recycle. Mm -hmm. But what we do and what a lot of producers and users don't know is that we add additives. Right. Again, it's really complicated then to recycle it and it's not necessary. So let's be clear is a challenge to say to um, users and producers of plastic, okay, let's try to be only using clear PT. Can you transform, innovate your product to have a transparent PT or... And if you choose HPDE, then let's use it with no additives. additives. All right. So it's a a challenge or it's a campaign or it's a movement that is two-pronged, simply. Yes, it is. Okay. Why now? Um, it's, um, it's now because we have started with, uh, multiple voluntary initiatives to actually really relook at how we can create a circular economy for plastics, mm-hmm. for instance, with the Kenyan plastic pact, and there are multiple pl- pacts around the globe. Yeah. But now with the EPR coming up, the extended producer responsibility, um, regulations in Kenya, um, there will be levies on, uh, plastics 
on all sorts of materials. And the harder your product is to collect and recover, the higher your levies will be. Right. So you better be just ahead of the game. Yeah. And if your product is easy to recycle, your levies will be lower yeah. and you will create um, easy value of, of your materials. So I think that the moment is there because the policy landscape is there. The private sector is ready to mm -hmm. act upon it. Mm -hmm. uh, we have also other laws in place that will help to yeah. transition to the circular economy. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, we have the global plastic treaty um, negotiations that are currently ongoing in Nairobi, right. um, but they're global. So there's a lot of enabling factors right. that would really allow to push the private sector and say, okay, let's let's be the front runner. Let's change what we do and how we do it. Okay. And let me ask from where you sit, are we having a plastic problem or are we having a plastic management problem? Or is it both? In my opinion, it's both. Yeah. Yeah. We always, if you look from a perspective of producers and users in yeah. the private sector, they will say we have a plastic management problem, mm -hmm. but we don't only have a plastic management problem because we have brought, as what I just described, very, very difficult and complex polymers into the society right. that are unnecessary and problematic. So we've also created a massive problem, not only by managing. Maybe there would be a debate about, but if we could manage them or if you could recycle them, then you would have made different plastic choices. Right. So in my opinion, it's really both. And yeah. if you want to go uh, for plastic management um, and saying we still use the plastic that we are able to manage, mm -hmm. then you look at what is recyclable. But firstly, you look at what do we not want to use? What do we not want to have in Kenya, in our society? Even if in other countries some polymers are recyclable. Right. Why would we now make our lives really complicated? We don't have the technology yet. Why would we in introduce that into our society? Oh. So it's it's making design choices right. from the start and then choosing wisely which plastics, which polymers you want to keep using yeah. responsibly and circular. Okay, that's clear. I think from that we already get uh, what are the benefits of using clear or colored plastic. But then I'll go ahead and ask then, um, in Kenya, what are the economic or even globally, the economic and environmental implications of transitioning to clear? The biggest problem or problem or opportunity, there is always a problem and a challenge or an, an, an opportunity, opportunity yeah. and a challenge and an opportunity. So um, to transition, you need to firstly know technically whether your um, fast moving consumer good, mm -hmm. food or beverages right. are safely packaged right. still with different features. So um, if you package milk, in a non-clear packaging, and that's what we are used to, then you need to test what happens to the milk right. if you do not package it in um, uh, opaque. So then you have to test what happens if it's fully transparent. So we have technical teams that look at that, and actually the tests are that it won't change the content, mm -hmm. even though, for instance, milk is a sensitive product, product to yeah. light. Um, and then you need to actually convince the market that your product yeah. hasn't changed. Yes. So, and I think there is a challenge in marketing and how you market it. Right. So it would be beneficial to um, 
sometimes have changes made mandatory because then the whole private sector needs to change. Yeah. If a consumer um, looks into the supermarket and everyone by tomorrow should have been clear PT, they they wouldn't panic as much as when they see only a few products a few people, have changed. Yeah, transitioning, yeah right. because they say, why is everything not transparent? Oh, there's a reason. It's a government rule. It hasn't changed. So, so yeah. then nothing changes. So right. the, the challenge is to um, ensure consumers that they're still dealing with the same products, um, but it's actually better for them and the environment. Um, and that's easier if you combine forces. Yeah. So if you say, listen, we communicate um, the EPR as regulations, uh, as a government, but we do it collectively with the private sector that immediately shows what then is the the what can you visually, what is tangibly mm -hmm. the change for consumers? Mm -hmm. An EPR and some rules won't tell a consumer anything. No. If you say this is what's happening and then you say, for example, now these products have changed, it's for these reasons, then people tend to understand right. and also probably trust the process as it doesn't come from only uh, their brand, You're right? but also yeah. from, from governments and other brand owners. Do you think we're going to get to that point uh, where there's a mandatory uh, ban, where there's policy and there are consequences of not having transitioned? Uh, in Kenya, mm -hmm. I would say it's very likely. It's very likely. Yeah. We should be ready uh, to embrace change at this point. Yeah, because I think... Um, what is great about um, the Kenyan stakeholders uh -huh. is that they genuinely work together. Okay, that's good. That's I, good. <laughs> no, I find that I, it's really a compliment to both the government, yeah. the private sector, civil society and NGOs. I think there's a genuine collaboration where everyone is very clear on <laughs> what the stakes are. Yeah. But everyone does share the same vision. Right. Now, if we have too many excuses as the private sector, yeah. knowing the Ghanaian government, it will feel like they make those decisions overnight, but they don't because we have this discussion for a long time. So if we do not see, obviously we will get time to implement an EPR mm -hmm. and there's no infrastructure truly. Yeah. So we rely on the private sector to design the infrastructure in collaboration with the counties and the government. Yeah. Um, so it does require some time. But I do think that Kenya is a country where <laughs> if they if they say, okay, you had time to change and you haven't done it, and this is really the path we want to go. Yeah. Like I think Kenya is really serious about yeah, this. Right. Then there comes a time that they say, okay, you wake up tomorrow and you swallow the consequences. Yeah, it is what it is at that point point yeah? yeah all right um but then as we transition and still with the plastic problem or issue that we're currently having right now do we have the right infrastructure for recycling clear or even colored plastic um yeah it's still limited mm -hmm. definitely would be easier to have clear we do not have yet the technologies in place to actually recycle clear pt into food grade rpt mm -hmm. that literally means if that you would be able to say, I make a bottle out of a bottle. Right. Um, so a lot of what we call recycling in Kenya mm -hmm. is we sort it, we wash it, right. we shredder it, and then we sell it as a recycle it. Okay. So we call that recycling, but we don't know yet whether it's going to be downcycled, upcycled. Oh, okay. okay, I see. Or... Yeah. Uh, 
or input for RPT. Mm -hmm. So um, if we have that high quality PT in this country, which we don't really have, but if that is the case, then it's probably going to be sent to South Africa where the um, PT industry has a very... Um, very efficient and, and almost closed loop system on bottles mm -hmm. so that um, they would have the technology to do that. Do you think we're going to get there? Are we going to uh, get we will, investors? We will. We, would it be a business model that would actually work in Kenya? I think so. For First, I think for investors, the EPR model needs to prove its point yeah. first mm -hmm. because those investments are not small. You right. Know, they are really, really big investments. And for that, you also not only need to know whether the volume is there, but you also need to know whether the volume, the quality is going to be there for the next coming 15 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. You know, those mm -hmm. investments are big. So yeah. I think investors will just big investments will only come in once you have proven where EPR is going and where the gaps are and the opportunities within that space. Um, but we will get there, definitely. The The thing is with plastics, um, we, we should not underestimate the importance of uh, regional uh, relationships mm -hmm. and regional trade and regional solutions. Because, for instance, in Kenya, we do not produce uh, plastics. We don't have virgin materials. Right. So... For us um, to convert to transition to a circular economy in Kenya, we won't lose the the um, upstream jobs. Where okay. we say upstream is where the plastics are being made. Right. We don't have that, so we won't lose those jobs. So our jobs are in actually producing using the virgin materials already and just making um, packaging materials out of it. What would change is what type of packaging you, you would make. Right. So our transition in terms of jobs and, and skills should not be as hard as for a country where there's a big upstream market. Like in South Africa, there is virgin materials, so they would have to replace 60,000 jobs mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. space if you transition to circular economy. economy right. um, but also they have the ability, for instance, to make RPT and they take in plastics to actually manage it, mm -hmm. as what you asked in the first, yeah. you know, you're not always... Um, Managing has to do with your infrastructure, uh, but there's big opportunities in the region to to use each other's infrastructure. Where are you uh, already ahead? What kind of volumes do you want to create? Also to make it work in Kenya, if you want to start and you still need to create volumes, you might as well tap into the regional market. All right. Okay. That is quite heavy. It's quite loaded. <laughs> you know, I attended a session with other marketing and comms representatives. And I think I'd just like you to stress how important is it to have enough stakeholder management and ensuring that there's different buy-in from different players? Yeah, it's essential. I mean, it's almost an overused word, right. I think, multi-stakeholders. <laughs> yeah. um, but then in the multi-stakeholders, we still forget... Um, like in your session that you attended, there were marketeers right. and normally they're being left out. So we only talk about the producers, the users, the technical people that know, can you package like that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But a business um, relies on more than that. You also need to sell your product mm -hmm. and you need to actually create um, the right customer relationship Correct. Um, so that they um, understand and feel happy and safe with your product. So how do you turn... Um, these messages into 
messages that are good for consumers and are actually not about profit at all. It's mm -hmm. just like a really future-proof vision. Yeah. Um, and that's not so easy, but it's definitely possible, especially when you come together. So especially when the government amplifies the same message, whether when um, NGOs are amplifying the same message and then you start recognizing this is the same message as the brand owners are, yes. are trying to get across. So then you feel that um, it's all connected. When it's very disconnected and um, then it feels disruptive mm -hmm. when change appears on the shelves yeah. um, or when the government changes the rules. Yeah, and the so, consumers at that point are not very happy with with you guys or with brand owners or with yeah so i think yeah. collaboration and again i think it's quite nice that um uh, in kenya we we can have sessions with technical people with nema the national environment management authority with um the pro's the producer responsibility organizations plus the NGOs mm -hmm. that care for environment uh, specifically um, and the private sector. It's, um, it's, I think, great. And there is where then you say, okay, so what kind of story do we need to tell mm -hmm. and what kind of way of delivering that story and how do we get it right is much easier when you support each other. Okay, fantastic. It does sound to be quite an uphill task, but are there some success stories? Is there some light at the end of the tunnel beaming or something? I think it's already awesome that we have so many uh, players that are keen to say, let me pick up this challenge. All right. Um, we haven't really been in the PRO yet, like acting we just we just uh, signed up and uh, it hasn't really started this journey mm -hmm. so i think it's very encouraging that there are already businesses that say let me move as fast as i can mm -hmm. um to stay ahead of potential unnecessary consequences and bans and let's um really take the epr as an opportunity to design better and therefore create an, an infrastructure for material recovering and collection that can work, that is viable. So I think that's already very positive news. Yeah. Although you might think, what are five businesses mm -hmm. in a bigger space? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I do think there's also still a lot of need for um, not only coming together to, to redesign your plastics, but also in a step before that, uh, look into refill and reuse models, yeah. especially in the retail and um, and the hospitality industry. So I think there is where I hope to find very soon um, uh, motivation <laughs> and engagement with hospitality and, yeah. and retail industry. Um, also because that is a very visible sector. So even if the impact may be on the bigger scale mm -hmm. of plastic waste in a refillable coffee cup might um, not be, if you assess it, might not be that big of an impact, mm -hmm. but it is in, in, in perception a huge impact because you can count the cups, you see it everywhere, you have a co coffee shop around you everywhere. Yeah. So it would be a very great opportunity to inform and to engage with consumers that change is going to happen. And if you see you get a discount when you bring a refillable cup. There's more information even in your daily coffee shops that you pass by. Then also reading into uh, product design change will become a more logic 
um, story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Some some good some good stuff there. Um, I forgot to ask initially. Um, the let's be clear challenge. When did this campaign or when did this challenge begin, and for how long are we going to push this agenda? So it basically started in um, the end of May, beginning of June, mm-hmm. um, when we launched the design guidelines for recyclability. Right. So after the elimination list, where we say these kind of plastics we should really not use because yeah. they're problematic and unnecessary, mm-hmm. we launched the design guidelines, and that was a great opportunity um, with the Kenyan Plastic Pact and WWF uh, and NEMA to jump into this as a challenge and mm-hmm. say, okay, now we can design the guidelines, but how can we now make sure that businesses are going to use them? Mm-hmm. So we will have the big be- beginning of like the choices have already been made. Right. Um, so before the end of the years, the choices will be also presented to the C level, mm-hmm. so management level. Right. And then we hope to start seeing results in quarter one. That is next next year. year. Yes. All right. Then that leads me. What are the hopes for future uh, of plastic in Kenya for now and even globally? The hopes are really to to just cut out what is problematic. I've repeated it a lot of times, but I think it's necessary if, for yeah, us to hear. If, yeah. Yes. If, if you can't, if it's so problematic and so unnecessary, we will never be able to manage that. So let's make sure that we cut all that out right. and only use what we can manage. Make uniform choices. Mm-hmm. So align on your uh, material choices, mm-hmm. make them uniform, have Uh, the same quality, have transparency in order to actually improve and increase recycling um, environment. All right. We just had a tree planting holiday here in Kenya. Um, Something that we did not expect at all. One, did you plant any tree? And two, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I actually did because we had a a (laughs) circular circular economy conference. Mm -hmm. And actually, it was number eight. Oh, wow. And um, the first one and the second one, we also shared seedlings. Right. So we have uh, indigenous seedlings as a giveaway Mm -hmm. instead of something Mm -hmm. like a notebook. Um, So we've done that from the start, but we didn't know this was coming up, but it was very appropriate. (laughs) So we had, I had easy access to indigenous seedlings. So Mm -hmm. we had those and um, it was quite a surprise, but I think it's, it's, uh, it's great. I think it's a very nice way of, of, um, Stressing the importance of the direction the country wants to go. And I think the government is slowly doing its part by, you know, creating things like this. Yes. Do you think it should be an annual thing? Are you expecting uh, us to have the same holiday, the same activity next year? I think it would be great. I do think it requires not um, for us because it's once a year. So you just plant Plant trees on that one day. And then you don't (laughs) care. So there's a big difference between growing trees and planting them. Tell us more about that, actually. <laughs> now, yeah, if you plant a tree, you just chuck it in the ground and then you hope for the best and <laughs> good cool luck. Cool story, bye. Yes, um, <laughs> and that doesn't really work out most of the time. Yeah. So growing trees means that you have to nurture it. You have to 
water it, you have to take care of it, you have to see how it goes, you see um, what you can replant if you need to cut and trim, mm -hmm. maybe if you can take off little seedlings for the next round. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a natural process, but it does require care. So mm -hmm. growing trees um, would be a much more successful story in the end than just planting a tree. Okay, yeah. that 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 seems quite right. Um, to take you back, you did say that um, we're going to be looking at how the Let's Be Clear Challenge has evolved after the C-suite session that is going to happen towards the end of this quarter or this year. And next year, we sort of look into now the whole plan. How, how did that unravel? Um, do we have access to this information? If we want to keep track, if we want to see how the Let's Be Clear Challenge is going on, how do I find that out? Yes, um, we will. We will actually share this uh, this information and what's happening and what are the choices being made mm -hmm. um, on the website of the Kenyan Plastic Pact. Okay. So that's kpp. Now I have to say it correctly. <laughs> or dot ke. Okay. Um, so the Kenyan Plastic Pact in. Um, that we're running will have that information because the challenge falls under that as well. Okay. Yeah. And what is my role as a common Mwananchi, just as, you know, I, I, I don't sit in that board or for anyone else who's listening, they don't sit in that board. They uh, probably don't even know when all these things are happening, when technical teams are coming. There's just a consumer who just goes to the shop, buys their bottle of milk and whatever else that they're shopping for, and then they go home and they probably work in a completely different environment and they have no idea, but they're listening. What can a common Monanchi like that do to sort of support this initiative? What you can do is just rethink what you use, for mm -hmm. which purpose and why mm -hmm. and how. So just wonder, do I need this product packaged like this? Do I need it now? How long will I use it for? And is it essential? So just question the status quo. Question, question the status quo. Question the status quo on our behavior that is just, especially with fast uh, moving consumer goods, mm -hmm. it's just take it, use it, and then dispose it. So you take, make waste actually in ter terms of resources, mm -hmm. but the lifespan of those kind of things is really short. So the question is, do we really need it? And are we going to continue like that? Um, so just ask yourself a little bit more often, do I need this bag or can I take one from home? Um, why is it packaged in this? Is it really disturbing me as a consumer mm -hmm. that it looks different? Yeah. Or just wonder, Ask the question. What do we do and why do we do it? Yeah. Um, and what kind what, what can I play in that? And then you can make more conscious choices. Okay. Are you um doing a lot in consumer education? I know it's always a tricky part to navigate. Um, you never know when you're gonna get someone. Are they watching TV? Are they listening to radio? Are they listening to a podcast such as this? Um, are they reading the paper? But um, is there any type of focus uh, geared towards consumer education and, and at least something to just make them ask those necessary questions. Yeah, we do include it more in projects. So mm -hmm. it's not in terms of running general campaigns. Mm -hmm. um, also, I think those kind of things need to be aligned. What I mean by that is you can teach or you can push consumers to not litter, but if you do not have any litter boxes, it mm -hmm. becomes really difficult. Yeah. And we have seen that when we started sorting BT bottles, for instance, uh -huh. there there were some uh, receptacles put into place yes. to educate people and say, listen, this is not um, a waste. Put them here and they will be 
uh, recycled. Mm -hmm. um, and that was actually a really big success. So people love to deposit their bottle. They, they yes. don't want to litter. They don't want to actually keep it at home. Yes. And they were super happy to do that. Yes. But what was the downside of that initiative is that they dropped anything. <laughs> yes, because so we why, didn't know the different types of plastic yeah, or what? That, yeah. that, and also, why is there no solution for my other types of, of plastic, of, uh, plastic of, or yeah. waste in general? Yeah. Why, where do I go with paper? Yeah. Where do I go with tin? Where do I go with my organic waste? Correct. So it, it became a little bit messy. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't so much that they put organic waste in yes. it, but it became a bit messy because it's hard for people to say, but you can't drop everything, only that one bottle. The rest you need to take care mm -hmm. of. Um, so we do kind of, um, there's a lot of that kind of education. Mm -hmm. Like make people aware that at least if you separate waste at source, dry and wet, you already help the recycling industry. Mm -hmm. So when it's not contaminated, a plastic bottle with food waste, mm -hmm. it's much easier to get it clean and to make it prepare it for recycling. Right. So that is what you can do at home as well. And that's coming in from a government perspective. That's also introduced. Sort your waste at home actually in three sections. Mm -hmm. So that would be plastic, dry and organic. Mm -hmm. um, and the other kind of things that we do is included in the program. So ways to value programs at the coast that we were running. Obviously, we will make a hundred households aware. Hopefully those hundred households, they have five people mm. each household. They will also tell their family. So hopefully that message spreads, spreads across. widely. Yeah. We also had a campaign, Bin It Right, with yeah. some um, uh, schools mm -hmm. that um, got a receptacle just for the PT and get that understanding and awareness on school level. Um, so yeah, we do include it, um, consumer awareness yeah. in every product of project Projects. that we run, yeah. um, as much as also we include like the informal waste picker sec uh, sector and the informal waste recyclers. So then you, you need to go to the ground. Yeah. So you need to, but it's never enough. It's never <laughs> enough. No, it's never <laughs> enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Karine. Give us your parting shot. It has been amazing. We have learned uh, quite a few things. And I think it's also very clear what we can do uh, to play our part or, you know, to sort of support this initiative because it's important. And you, I remember you answering, now is the time um, when I asked why are we doing this now. So what is your parting shot? My parting shot is that um, I wish we really start rethinking. Yeah. Redesigning. Mm-hmm and making much more conscious choices collectively. Because I think the collectiveness, um, it's time for that now, and it works well now. So hold each other accountable, right. hold yourself accountable, and look for the positive storytelling that comes with this journey. Okay, fantastic. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. much. Yeah? Thank you. <laughs> this has been it for that episode. Check out VC on Instagram and X at TBC Podcast. Share this episode and subscribe. Tune in again in a fortnight for our next episode. I've been your host, Ella, and this has been Let's Be Clear Challenge. Let's journey together. <laughs> <laughs>